Hello, 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 and this is another edition of the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. Hit it, Ian. What's up? What's good? It's your boy, Big Gang, your host, JJ. And this is the Fantasy Daydreamers podcast. Thank you for that, producer Ian. With me today, Keone. Hello, everybody. It is I again. Uh, at this time, you're hearing me from before, earlier in the start. So, yes, you can follow me on the Twitters at Daydreamer Keone. Right, and Ryan is here. What's up, y'all? Hope you guys are having a great week. You know, Twitter is R O K K O Daydreamer. You guys can follow me at JJ Daydreamers. Today on the podcast, we're going to have some news to go over. We're going to have a trade candidates for you, start sit questions, and some over unders to go over. So let's get into the news. The Colts and Marlon Mack, running back Marlon Mack, have mutually agreed to look for trades. I mean, third behind Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, I think. uh, Yeah, if he wants to have any uh, field, see the field, he's going to need to be traded. Do you guys Mm. have anywhere where you guys would like Marlon Mack to land for Um, fantasy? Just. Just because, well, I mean, this is just for me because I always like saying, saying Marlon Mack, 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 all dressed in black, black, black. So I think go to the Raiders. Oh, <laughs> and, okay. You know, Here's yeah. another one. I'll give you one. This team also wears black. The Falcons. They... No, it, Wayne Gallman. I need Wayne uh, Gallman to I have a chance. <laughs> Wayne Gallman. <laughs> uh, Ryan, anywhere you want Marlon Mack to land? No. The Patriots? No, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't care about Marlon back. Okay. Oh. Yeah, coming yeah. off the torn Achilles, I don't know if he's the same back that he used to be. T. Higgins, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, is officially out for tonight's game. So don't start T. Higgins. Titans Tyler wide receiver. Tyler Boyd. Yeah, start him up. Mm. He's a good play. He did well last week. So yeah. Titans wide receivers Julio Jones and A.J. Brown both missed practice on Wednesday with hamstring injuries. Julio's status for the Jets game is uncertain, while A.J.'s status could cost him at least one game, it's reported. So that's a little rough, rough news. But luckily, they get to play the Jets this week. Rashad Bateman, rookie wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, was activated off the IR. He'll be back playing for the Ravens soon. I think he'll maybe he'll, he, maybe he'll catch the ball. Maybe he'll catch the ball in like Hollywood. Gerald Everett, tight end for the Seattle Seahawks, was placed on the reserve COVID nineteen list. So just something he won't be playing this week, most likely. So if you were starting him, go stream someone else. Giovanni Bernard did not practice on Wednesday with his knee injury. Just something to keep an eye on. I know we talked about picking him up off the waivers on Tuesday's podcast, but again, like Ryan said, maybe you don't start him this week with this uh, injury. 
Yeah. Put him on your bench. Keep him on your bench for now. <laughs> Put him on your bench. Trademark, trademark James Colvin for that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster did not practice on Wednesday, while Pittsburgh's other wide receiver Deontay Johnson, who missed week three's game, was limited at practice. Looks like he'll be back. We, we're not sure about Juju. Yeah. I mean, Big Ben did not look great either and has not looked great. So uh, maybe you're uh, trying to stay away from them. I don't know. Keone's shaking his head yes. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a... I mean, it's good for Najee Harris, I guess, who, mm-hmm. God, my goodness, had was it 19 targets and 14 catches? Yeah. Goodness gracious. Feed him more. <laughs> and Curtis Samuel was designated to return from IR, the wide receiver for the Washington football team. So they will have 21 days to activate him now that he's back. And that'll do it for today's news. Let's move on to our trade candidate. Who is a player you're trading away or looking to trade for going into week four? Keone, you want to go? go first? Oh, sorry. Oh. All right, go I'm taking it. it. So uh, the guy I'm looking at trade away is Saquon Barkley. Uh, he finally had his big game, uh, and I think that's going to be his last big game for, for the next little bit. Uh, again, he's averaging 16 touches per game, but only 9.8 fancy points per game. Uh, his next four weeks, he plays the Saints, who are sixth in fancy points allowed. Uh, Cowboys are eighth in fantasy points allowed. Uh, Rams are 11th, and the Carolina is first. So he's going to play four hard defenses, um, and then he plays Kansas City. Uh, I don't like the Giants' offense. They have only they've scored 14 or less points two out of three games this year, and the only game they didn't, they still lost. <laughs> okay. Uh, someone that I would trade for, and I would be trying to use Saquon's big game and his name value uh, is actually two people, but like not in a trade together. I would try to not a package. Out. Yeah, yeah. I would try Separately. to go for um, Cream Hunt. He's averaged 13 points per game, or 13 total touches per game, but 15 fantasy points. Uh, his schedule is a little easier. He plays Minnesota, Arizona, the Chargers, and well, Denver's actually the second. Second, they're actually kind of they're actually a good defense this year. But I also think that's also because they played bad teams. But we'll forget about that. Uh, I like Cream High a lot. I think that his upside with Chubb is a little limited. But if Chubb ever got hurt, which I don't want to happen. He would become a top five back. Uh, I like this offense in general. They are run first. Uh, and I just like Cream Hunt. Um, another guy is actually someone we had someone ask about on the live stream is Brandon Cooks. Uh, to talk about him, he's averaged 11 targets per game this year. Uh, he's tied for seventh in fantasy points per game. And in the last five games, he's had either over 100 yards or a touchdown. Um, I like Brandon Cooks in this situation. If I try to go for Brandon Cooks, I would try to go Brandon Cooks and add a little sprinkle of something because I know Saquon Barkley's name va- name value could earn that. A sprinkle of what? What? what oh, uh, you know, Another maybe a running back. Yeah, a sprinkle of something where I could get maybe a a bench guy, a Nye Hines. Um, I'm not, you're not going to get a lot as a sprinkle, but just mm. a little bit of something, a little bit of. Little bit of 
love. I don't know. I had no support. <laughs> just a taste. Yeah. yeah. Just a. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Keone. Oh, you got a trade um, candidate. Yeah. Uh, I am. I think Ryan mentioned him earlier in the week and I am trying to trade for Zach Moss because they are actually much better on the run game than we in previous years. The Bills. And the Bills are, yes, the Buffalo Bills. And it seems like both him and Devin Singletary are actually viable running backs potentially, as opposed to just Josh Allen basically for that team. Because I've made the jokes before where Josh Allen is their like only viable running back. But I think that's uh, starting to change. And as we've seen, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of them either scoring or any shortage of them getting in the red zone or near the goal line. So there's going to be opportunities. And the biggest thing for Zach Moss is that he basically, he gets in the end zone, which is very helpful and it's really important. And so that gets him a good amount of points, but I think a trade option for him potentially is Chase Edmonds because I think Chase Edmonds is pretty consistent so there's there's like good qualities to both, and I think they're relatively even. So I think Chase Edmonds, you get the you get the consistency, and he both gets targets and rushing yards. So that's a good thing for a running back, especially in a PPR league. And um, it's just I don't think he has scored very much or if at all this year. Whereas Zach Moss's big thing is that he does score. So I think that's kind of where you balance out a little bit consistency versus the potential to. Um, boom every week but not necessarily a guarantee and so that's why i think i would do that and then another good thing for zach moss though is they have a very good schedule going forward for their running backs they face like atlanta a few times and they or they face atlanta at least they face the jets a few times they face kansas city which has a really really bad rushing defense uh so a bad defense this is a bad defense defense in general yeah (laughs) especially in the in, in the run game though um so they have a good they have a lot of opportunities down the, um, in their schedule. And so if I can convince, if you can convince somebody that, um, to get Zach Moss, you know, I think it's, it's doable. It's doable, even though he's it had is. two good games. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's still very doable to go, uh, trade for Zach Moss. My trade candidate is going to be Clyde Edwards, Hilaire running back for the Kansas city chiefs. And I'm telling you to trade for CEH. He's the RB31 right now in half PPR. He was the RB32 in week one, RB59 in week two, and then RB17 in week three. So he's coming off his best game of the season. But I think you can still uh, go trade for CEH. He was drafted as the RB14, according to ADP, and the manager who drafted him was probably expecting a top 24 running running back, and he's only hit that once this season. So they're probably disappointed. CEH is looking decent. He's getting a majority of the snaps. He's running on 66.2% of the snaps, while Darrell Williams, who's up next, is running on less than 30%. CEH is also out-touching all other running backs on the Kansas City Chiefs combined by 37 touches. He has only had five targets, which is a little less than I think he should be getting, but the good news is, is he's caught all five of his targets, and he's gotten in the end zone on one of those receptions. This is a high-powered offense that has started slower than we're used to, but should start clicking soon. CH is a player. You should definitely be sending trade out 
trade offers for. I expect him to finish as that top 24 running back that people drafted him as. Someone who I think you, you're going to have to put a package together to get CEH. I have CEH, and he's on my okay. bench right now. What, what are you offering? Because I, I, I actually would be happy to trade him. So okay. what are you offering here? Deontay Johnson and Mike Davis. Deontay Johnson, he's a little banged up, but he's got a lot of potential. He's going to be a PPR machine. Mike Davis is the RB30 right now. He's outscoring CEH. So, and he's Can I be 100% honest with you? Yeah. I don't even think you need to add Mike Davis in there. I might just take Deontay just Johnson. Deontay. Well, oh, man. I don't know. It's You're, you're more positive about CEH than I am. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I think I think he's gonna finish. I think that running backs are more valuable than wide receivers. If you get a top twenty-four running back, that's more valuable than a top twenty-four wide receiver. Wide receivers are a dime a dozen, so I can find a replacement to replace Deontay Johnson. But to replace Clyde Edwards-Helaire, I don't know if that's so so easily done. Maybe that's why we all went for trading for or away from running backs. Running back. Yeah, because they're so valuable. All right, that'll do it for our trade candidates. Let's move on to our start-sit questions. If you guys have any start-sit questions, you guys can hit us up on Instagram, day underscore dreamer media, on Twitter, ffdaydreamers, slide in the DMs, just tag us, send out tweets, do whatever, ask us questions. Um, We also have a Patreon you guys can send. If you guys subscribe to the Patreon, you guys can ask us questions there. We are also live streaming these on Twitch. If you guys jump in the Twitch, you guys can drop them, drop questions in the comments. We'll answer those before and after the podcast. So let's get into our first question here. The Saints defense versus the New York Giants or the 49ers defense versus Seattle? Keone. I am going to slam the Saints. So the Saints defense Um, I'm going to pick them over the 49ers defense against Seattle, uh, especially since the Giants might not have their two top wide receivers this week because both Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are injured with uh, hamstring injuries, I believe. (laughs) That's true, but you just did Kenny Galladay very dirty. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I mean, he hasn't. I'm sorry. He's the he's not the top two wide receivers there. So he's not in the top two. I'm sorry. Maybe this week that will he'll have a chance to to change that. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, it's Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. So get better, Kenny Galladay. Uh, um, but so they're probably they're going to be banged up if anything. So even if they do play, they're going to be banged up. So who knows how that's going to happen? And I think the Saints actually have a good running game. Um, seeing as in the two games they played, not including the one where they didn't have their coaches and they were facing CMC and the Panthers, um, they allowed less than 50 rushing yards in each of those games and uh, not, and they didn't allow a touchdown on the ground in those games. And so if they have the, if they can contain Saquon Barkley and to a lesser degree, Daniel Jones, then I don't think they have very much to worry about. Um, and then in terms of the, uh, the uh, Seattle and 49ers. I think Seattle has always has a chance to throw a deep ball, you know, catch you on a a touchdown. And then Chris Carson can just pound away at you throughout the entire game. And so I think I'm going to go with the saints. 
Yeah, I'm rolling with the Saints here, too. They are the top fantasy defense right now. Top six in total yards given up. They're tied for first in interceptions and have only given up three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown in all three games, which are both top five in the NFL right now. The 49ers are banged up a little bit. Nick Bosa had a rest day. Their secondary is definitely banged up. And they're playing against Seattle, a divisional opponent, against Filet Wilson. I would stay away from the 49ers defense, and I'm rolling with Keone. I'm going with the Saints. I agree with you guys. Again, the Giants have scored less than 20 points in 12 of the last 19 games. They are not a good offense. Mm -hmm. All right. Next question. Jamal Williams at Chicago or Tony Pollard versus Carolina? Ryan? Jamal Williams. Uh, I, I just like Jamal Williams. Uh, again, I think he was uh, before the Monday night game, he was in the top 15 of, fan, of total fantasy points. Uh, him and Swift are a great combination. I would start both each week. Yeah, Jamal, he's the RB14 right now, and Tony Pollard is the RB17. I don't think you can go wrong with either of these players. Both are the second back on their team. Both have produced one of, have not produced one of the three weeks being outside of the top 36 running backs. And both have seen their snap percentage increase every single week. Williams is averaging five more plays than Pollard, despite the Cowboys running more plays than the Lions. He's also out touching him in the red zone, getting seven touches to Pollard's three and scoring two touchdowns inside the red zone. So I'm with Ryan, Eileen, Jamal Williams. Give me the guy who's going to be on the field for their team more and has a higher probability of getting touches in the red zone, leading to more touchdowns in the red zone. And Carolina is first in run in uh, against running backs. And DeAndre Swift is still a little bit banged up. He's going to be questionable for this week. So I don't think I do think DeAndre Swift still plays telling you to play him. But Jamal Williams will be a part of this offense still. I don't have too much to add to that, but I agree. I have Jamal Williams ahead of Tony Pollard for this week. Um, I think their snap count is is a lot closer. Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift's are versus Tony Pollard and Zeke. And at least for me, I hope that Zeke is starting to take his like take back his throne as the clear number one back. But we'll see. But I it's it uh, uh, Williams and Swift are a lot closer together in terms of snap count. Yeah, they are. Uh, Williams is getting like forty snaps. It was forty nine percent and fifty six percent. Yeah, for Williams and Swift respectively in this past game. Yeah, and then uh, Pollard's. At 39, while Zeke's at 70-something. 70-something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, last question. Best quarterback option for week four and beyond? Derek Carr at the Los Angeles Chargers, Joe Burrow versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, or Teddy Bridgewater versus Baltimore? Or are there any other dark horses you guys might be picking up? I could go first. I think Derek Carr might be the play here. Monday night, the Raiders have played hard and Carr has played. He's played okay, but his stats and his fantasy finishes have been great. He's the QB nine right now. He's gone over 380 yards every game so far. And against the Chargers, it should be another really good game. The Chargers defense is good, though. They're top seven in passing yards given up. Yes, they've given up four touchdowns, but they also have three interceptions. So. Uh, Derek Carr, 
The other guy, Joe Burrow, it's not a bad play either. Without T. Higgins, it's on a Thursday night. That's why I lean Carr. But Jamar Chase is going to almost guaranteed a deep ball for a touchdown. Jacksonville's defense is bad, like straight up garbage. Garbage. The problem, the problem is the Bengals might be able to just give the ball to Joe Mixon and run away with this game. So that's why I lean Derek Carr. I agree, Derek Carr. I think that's going to be high scoring. Uh, I think he has seven straight games over 300 yards passing. Um, he's playing great. I think this is going to be one of the highest scoring games of the week. So Derek Carr versus the Chargers. So out of these three, um, I think I have my rankings as uh, 14, 15, and 17 with, uh, with Carr, Burrow, and then Bridgewater. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I have out of the three, I have Carr because, as you said, it just the numbers just keep – they just – he keeps producing them. So until he doesn't produce them, then we you know we can't say anything otherwise. Although I think this might be the week where he takes a step back from the same numbers that he's been putting up, but we'll see. And then, yeah, Joe Burrow, great, great matchup against Jacksonville, but it's a Thursday night. So we don't know how there, however, I do have a dark, dark horse for this week specifically though. Okay. Taylor Heineke. Okay. Yes. Taylor Heineke. He is my dark horse football team of the Washington football team. Yes. Um, I have him ranked above all three of them actually for this particular week. Um, And I think, it's because their defense is turning out to be really, really bad. So he's going to be forced to pass the ball to be even have a chance to stay in games. And like you said, Curtis Samuel is going to be coming back within the next three weeks, potentially. So um, hopefully sooner than later. So that's just another option he has. Um, and I've been impressed with his ability um, so far. I don't think, you know, he's, I think he's rising above that kind of backup role. And he's showing what he can actually do in these games. And so also Atlanta is garbage, garbage, absolute garbage, garbage. And for a third time, I will repeat complete garbaggio garbage. Thank you, Ian. Uh, so I think the matchup's great. I think he's going to have to throw to score and do well. And I think he's stepped up a lot more than people give him credit for. So yeah, I'm going to go into the fridge and grab me a Heineke. <laughs> Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Dark horse. Uh, I think Ryan already talked about it. Talked about him on the last podcast on Tuesday's podcast, Kirk cousins. Mm. I think he can get you through a lot of weeks, uh, not just one or two. Uh, they, they seem to play to their opponent. And so they are always, they're always scoring. It's, Minnesota has been a lot of fun to watch. And so, yeah, Kirk Cousins, dark horse quarterback here. I, I agree because I have him high. I have him rated highest out of all of the ones we've mentioned so far. I mean, he's the QB six right now overall. So, Ryan, you got a dark horse? No, I don't. No, you. I mean, you mentioned Kirk Cousins before. before I, I mean, did, so I, I do think Justin Fields is going to do better than he did last week. He is playing against Detroit. I just don't want to put my name on that. So. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I, wouldn't either. <laughs> I did. Right. I did have a person text me a question. Do you want to save for the live stream? Or yeah, let's save it. Now? Let's save it. Got it. All right, that'll do it for our start sits. Let's go. Let's move on to some over unders. So I'm going to give you guys a line, a betting line, and you guys tell me whether said player will hit over or under that line. So up first, Ryan Tannehill over or under twenty and a half fantasy points. 
it'll be uh, four points per passing touchdown lead. Under playing against the New York Jets. Yeah, this is gonna be a big game for Derrick Henry. He may not. He might not have. Or he might not have AJ. Oh, he's not gonna have AJ Brown. He might not have Julio. Uh, I think this is gonna be a big Derrick Henry game. Yeah, I agree. Ryan Tannehill is the QB 19 right now. He's averaging 17.8 fantasy points a game. But as Ryan just talked about, both his wide receivers didn't practice. They're out with hamstring injuries right now. And that's an injury that you don't see a player come back, especially a wide receiver come back at 100%, even when they do come back. For me, A.J. Brown is a trade-away candidate right now because of the injury, because he's going to be missing some time, and because of his name value. But I digress. It just worries me that both these guys are banged up and you have the ability to turn around and give Derrick Henry the ball over 20 times a game easily, especially against the Jets defense. They are third in touchdowns given up on the ground. Tannehill finally hit over 20 fantasy points last week for the first time against the Colts, and he needed to throw three touchdowns to do so. I don't think he's going to need to throw that many touchdowns against the Jets. I think that Derrick Henry will give up more, so I'll take the under as well. It's going to be three unders because I'm going as well with the under. Um, you already talked about Derrick Henry. You know, we all agree on that. And then um, they're a bad run defense, but they're actually – the Jets are a decent passing defense. I know they haven't faced great teams, but through the first three weeks, they've only allowed one touchdown through the air and less than 240 yards um, besides that first week. So it's not looking good, good for uh, Ryan Tannehill. It's a Derrick Henry week. I don't, I don't know if those stats are, are as convincing just because teams don't have to throw against them because everyone can run all over them. I don't think the Jets' secondary is, is as good as their stats have put up, but I understand. Fair their, enough. It, their secondary is better than their run defense. Let's just yes, put it that way. Yes, and it's, but we all agree it's a Derrick Henry week, so it yes. doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Next, James Robinson, over or under 52 and a half rushing yards. They're playing against the Cincinnati Bengals tonight, Thursday night football. Keone, who you got? What I am over also I'm also gonna say under because Cincy um is actually a relatively stingy defense or a run defense. Um, they haven't allowed more than 67 yards in a game on the ground. And um, the reason uh, Najee Harris did so well, I mean, he had 14 catches. So that's like, I don't know if you can count that necessarily. Cause I don't know if James Robinson's going to catch 14. Oh no, it doesn't matter if he does. It's rushing yards only. Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, it's that's not total right. yards. That's, that's my point. Cause I do think he's going to get over 52 total yards, but I think he's going to get under 52 rushing yards. So yeah. Um, it's a Thursday night game. You know, that's always iffy. He's also fumbled the ball twice this week or twice this season, which leaves room for Carlos Hyde to come in, who is the second back there. He gets, you know, a decent snap percentage. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say under because less than 52 rushing yards, but I think he's going to get over in total yards. Yeah. Ryan. Uh, I agree. I say under as well. Uh, the combination of cook, um, Montgomery and Harris averaged three yards per carry. Um, and Cook and Cook and um, Montgomery had 20 carries each in that in their game versus Cincinnati. Um, I really don't believe that Jacksonville is gonna be able to run. 
And I think Robinson, like you said, Keone is better on targets, on game receptions. I think it's it's going to be close. I mean, we've seen uh, we've seen James Robinson increase in rushing attempts each of the first three weeks, and in turn, his yards have gone up every week. He started off rushing for twenty five yards in week one, and then last week he went for eighty eight yards in their loss. He's averaging 5.2 yards an attempt. And yeah, the Bengals are one of the better defensive teams this season on yards given up. They're giving up 3.3 in total for the season. That's a top five defense. But I mean, you you go, you bring down James Robinson to getting four yards a carry or so. He's going to need 12 to 15 attempts, which is around what he's getting right now. It's a really good line. I guess I, I'll go with you guys with the under. Got to play it safe. Yeah, you got to play it safe. That's what it is. I mean, I, there is a chance that I think he goes over 52 and a half, but I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, right. It is a good line. I, yeah. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. over or under 12 and a half fantasy full points in full PPR playing at the Minnesota Vikings. We saw our first look at Odell this year on Sunday, he finished with 13.7 points in the game where they blew out the Bears. He had nine targets, only caught five of them for 77 yards. This is definitely a run first team. And so I don't know how likely he is to get into the end zone on a consistent basis. But with Jarvis Landry still out, OBJ will be the number one wide receiver on this team. He should get the same amount of targets, if not a few more. He should catch a few more balls and get around the same amount of yards somewhere, 70 to 80 yards. I think the Browns will have to throw a little bit more against the Minnesota Vikings because the Vikings will stay with them much better than the Bears did. So I'd like to see Odell be the beneficiary of that. I'll take the over on 12 and a half fantasy points. I will go over as well, simply because I do think he scored a touchdown this week. Uh, Yeah, so it's... uh three overs and I basically have the same argument you did JJ. So I don't know if he's going to get in the end zone and he's a little banged up, but I think he's going to get enough receptions for it's not going to matter because it's Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he has a higher probability of getting in the end zone against Minnesota because they will have to pass the ball more than some other teams that they will face. I was impressed by Odell. Me I mean, too. for his first I mean, action in a, almost a year, he did look, I mean, you could tell he looked a little gas at points, but that's what you expect. But he he looked good to me. He looked, yeah. And I like that Baker went back to him a bunch right away. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't think it matters if he gets in the end zone. If it's full PPR, I think he's going to get enough receptions yep. to where it's just a, a touchdown puts him over the top. But even without it, I still think he gets 12 and a half. All right. Our last one here. Kenny Galladay over under 63 and a half receiving yards. Going up against the New Orleans Saints at New Orleans. Well, this is for I can be able to sleep in the bed tonight. I am going to go over. <laughs> it's going to be a big Kenny Galladay uh, day. I think hey, he's going to get. I've already hit pre- the over on that twice this season. I'm going to predict his exact stat line. I'm going seven catches on 12 targets for 77 yards and a touchdown. Okay. Keone? Um, as much as I uh, maligned or potentially maligned him earlier in saying that he's not one of the top two wide receivers on that team, 
I think he's going to go the over, um, especially if uh, both Slayton and Shepard are not playing. Um, I think it also, it really depends on that. But again, I, they, I mentioned the run defense, so they're going to have to pass. And if he's pretty much the only option, he's going to be getting the ball. So I equate it to a, basically a Brandon Cooks type situation to where if he's, if you get a lot of receptions, you're going to get a decent amount of yards. And so I don't know if it's going to be a, a lot over 63 and a half, but I feel the range that Ryan put is a good, is a good range, which is the over. So that's yeah. what I'm going with. I mean, this is a really good line. Also 63 and a half. Like I said, he's already hit the over on that twice this season. Week one, he had 64 yards and week three, he had 64 yards. So he's like just barely getting <laughs> over that line, but Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, they're both injured with the hamstrings. Like Keone said, Galladay could be the only wide receiver out there getting true targets unless you uh, count John Ross, who has been designated to come back off, off the IR. Anyone? Got Kadarius no. Tony, maybe. <laughs> Kadarius Tony is also there, yeah, but I don't, I mean, Kenny Galladay will be getting the majority of targets. I do think he breaks that 63 and a half yard mark. We saw two wide receivers last week, Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers, both go over 100 receiving yards against the Saints. And then DJ Moore in week two went over uh, went over 75 yards. So it's doable against the Saints, even though they are a good defense. But the Giants should have to pass, and Galladay will be the one catching the ball. Man, I'm depressed that we all agreed. I was trying to make a bet because I'm <laughs> feeling so good on these, and you guys have been sucking. So. Uh, well, no. Sorry about it. All right. That'll do it for today's podcast. Kelly's so it. upset right now. I bait him into it a little bit. You can see the smile. He's so mad how spicy that food's going to be. That YouTube video is going to be a classic. I'm that's going to be a good, yeah, that's going to be a good video. You guys got anything to plug? It's the longest season yet. It's the biggest season yet. There's still time for Wayne Gallman. Yeah, there is. Nothing. The website, no. daydreamermedia.com, Patreon, rankings. Daydreamer Media. Oh, you guys can see our rankings. We'll have rankings out tomorrow and uh, hopefully every Thursday. Yeah, by at least oh. every Thursday before the by, games. Yeah, before yeah. the games. So that way you guys know what we're thinking. You guys can find those on the website at daydreamermedia.com. Patreon, if you guys have any extra funds, you guys like what you guys are hearing, it would be cool. We, we'll have our rankings out today or tomorrow. It's- They'll be out today whenever you listen to this podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. So make sure. Sorry, not next Thursday, today. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Instagram day underscore dreamer media, Twitter FF daydreamers. We got Aaron's articles coming out on Tuesdays and Fridays. And then you got producer Ian's and Keone's articles. You guys just have ones on Fridays, right? Yep. That's it. So, yeah. You guys can find all those on the website. We also post links to those on Twitter. So go ahead and follow us, like, subscribe, wherever you guys get your podcasts. And remember, stay dreaming. Stay, stay, stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. <laughs>